Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Kid Missing Radio. I'm your host, Angelina Wilson. My guest has not arrived yet, so I'll get you caught up on the case. <coughs> on November 23rd, on Oxygen, there was a show about the Milbrook twins, Danette and Jeanette. They were 15 years old when they went missing from Augusta, Georgia, on March 18, 1990. Uh, they were African-American. Um, their sister, Shanta Sturgis, will be joining me. Their mother is Mary Sturgis. Both appeared on that show. Um, a man now in jail, because um, he fell in with the wrong crowd when he was very young, um, who was only 12 years old at the time of the girl's disappearance, uh, talked to the show. He talked about knowing people who were involved in the case but being that he was only 12 years old, he only knew them by street names. Um, and I don't remember the street names. Well, one was Little little Cheese or something like that. Where they come up with these, I have no idea. Um, supposedly, the girls were killed because these men... Um, we're at their father's home. The girls had gone to visit their dad. Um, he had issues with drugs, and these men had issues with drugs as well. And they, one of them, supposedly, at least one of them, sexually assaulted one of the girls. This was the story that was given. And when the other girl tried to defend her sister, she was killed, and therefore they killed the other one. Supposedly they're buried at a brickyard. Dig it up already. The police haven't taken anything too terribly seriously. Um, that anyone has said. They have pretty much ignored the family. Um, I do know that the show managed to get their attention to some degree, not very well. Uh, let's see. The police claim of this story that I just relayed to you that he's remembering a different case. How many cases of missing, potentially murdered twins do you have in Augusta, Georgia? The last place that they were seen before they went to their dad's house was the Pump and Shop gas station. I love that name. Um, police royally screwed up and actually closed this case in 1991 and pulled them from the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, telling the NCMEC, the NCMEC, that the girls had been found. They had not been located. Cases reopened in 2013. They asked multiple people to walk back home with them. 
which was seen to be odd because, ah, this sister is here. Hi, Shanta? Hi. Hello? Hi. How are you? I'm getting everybody caught up on the case. Not bad. Mm-hmm. So, can you tell us, um, can you take us back to that day and tell us what happened and what you remember? Because you're younger? Do you want me to go back to the day they went missing? Yes, please. Okay, um, so it was on March the 18th of 1990. Um, we went to church that morning. After we left church, we left church, I say, around between 20 and 31 o'clock, somewhere up in there. And when we got home, um, my mom had sent the girls to church's chicken because the pastor at the church had gave her some money for us to eat uh, lunch for that day. So when they went um, to churches, um, you know, they went there and they came straight back home. But when they got home, Jeanette told my mom that a guy in a white van was following them. So um, my mom went to the door, and, you know, um, she didn't see it in the uh, van, but, you know, that's what Jeanette had told her. Anyway, we went on and sat down and ate lunch. Um, while we was eating lunch, we was uh, talking about going to school. So... My mom was like she didn't want Jeanette and Dennett walking all the way to Lane High School because we just had moved to the neighborhood we moved to, you know, and they would have had to go to Joseph High School. Lane was pretty a right. uh, pretty good distance, so they would have had to either catch a cab or catch the city bus to school. So she didn't have money for either one, so she asked them to ask my goddad, um, Ted, to get them some money so they can catch the city bus back and forth, you know, um, to school. So right. he agreed to give it to them. They went to his house to get it. Um, I'm not quite sure they had to leave the house between, i say about maybe three, three-something. Um, once they made it to his house, um, they got the money from him. He gave house, them extra right? money. Yes, that's my goddad. Okay. So he gave them the money. After he gave them the money, um, that's when everything went, you know, went left because they were supposed to come straight back home, but they didn't. They went to a cousin of ours' house. Okay, when they got to her house, she they was asking her, to go, you know, walk home with them. But for some reason, her mom wouldn't let her go that day. So my sister stayed not too far from where my cousin stayed at, maybe a minute or two away from where she stayed. Okay, they walked to her house. When they got to her house, they asked her the same exact uh, question, you know, can they walk home, because she walked home with them. But by her just not been too long giving birth, you know, she didn't want to leave the house, so she told them she didn't want to go. So, you know, upon my mom getting worried and stuff, we happened to call my sister to ask her had she seen them. And she was the one that told us that they had left her house walking towards the pumper shop store. 
So that's what made us on our, you know, walk to go look for them. Me and my mom, that's what made us go to the pumping shop because that's the way that my sister said she seen them walking. So we stopped in the pumping shop, and the lady that worked in there, her name is Gloria. Um, she knows us because we used to stay, like, seconds away from the store. And um, she told my mom that they came in there. She told her what they brought, and she said after they um, got ready to leave out the um, store, you know, she was ringing up another customer, so she don't know exactly what way they went. I don't think she knows she looked up and they was gone. And that was the last time somebody seen them. Now, I understand after that they went to their father's house. We don't know if they went to We don't know anything if they went to their father's house or not. The only thing we know is about what we've been told. Right, by the gentleman that's in jail who was 12 years old at the time. Right. I was astonished that the police actually said, well, he's remembering a different case. How many cases like this do you have, you know? When I heard that, I just, okay. You'd think this would be a pretty unique case, you know? They're twins. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what happened to the girls. The only thing I know is they ain't run away from home. I can tell you that. Something happened to them. I don't know if what the guy in prison is saying is true. I, I can't verify that, you know, because the police won't help us. They won't help us to, you know, try to figure things out. only thing I know is I have been trying to get in contact with the guy that's in prison to see if he would talk to me directly himself because, Truth be told, he is my ex daughter in laws dad. Oh. And, yes, he's my ex daughter in laws dad, um, the girl that was speaking in a documentary. Yeah. That's my grandkid's mother. Oh. Her and my son, yeah, her and my son just happened to meet in school. You know, they didn't know each other because they wasn't even born at the time that this supposedly no. took place. So just how ironic, you know, they happened to meet in school years later, and they wound up having kids together. So um, upon me doing the podcast, the fall line, is when I got with of who he was because my daughter-in-law already had been talking to me about her dad, telling me, you know, what his name was and why he um that she had never seen him before, she never met him before, and thing she had been doing was talking to him on the phone. So when the podcast people got in contact with the people that um was involved with a murder that my sister and them dad was involved with, that's how we became aware that her dad is the same exact person that's in prison saying that he know what had possibly happened to my sister. Oh. Um, I understand the original case file is quote unquote lost. That's what they say it was lost for years. Um, I had been told that it was lost. I had been yeah. calling down there, um, 
you know, several times, several times they always telling me, but they don't have anything on file saying that they was missing or um, that the files that they did have, it had got flooded at the um, jailhouse, you know, at the time, and that all the files that was, you know, had got flooded out or messed up or whatever, and they didn't have anything anymore. But I still kept yeah. calling, you know, because I was trying to explain to them, you know, that my sister and them are still out there, you know, um, we need help and trying to locate them or find out what happened to them. But nobody would help us. I mean, no matter what I did, how many times I called, I was even told that my mom's kids had got taken away from her. When I know that wasn't true because if her kids had got taken away from her, then why was the other kids still there? I never heard of them removing two kids and leaving the rest in harm's way if they felt that it was a need for them to be removed. Yeah, I agree with you. I kept calling, and I kept calling, and kept calling. So finally, 23 years passed. 2013 came. I seen that we was getting ready to get a new share. Um, His name was Richard Roundtree. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. I seen him on the news. He said he wanted to help the community. So I kept calling down there until I got somebody to call me back. It wasn't Richard Roundtree that called me back. But it was another guy that was running for office at the same time he was. His name was Scott Peebles. So I don't know if they communicated with each other at the time or whatever, but the case was reopened. Either way, Richard Roundtree knew that the case was reopened in 2013. He's trying to say that he didn't know anything about it until recently, but that's not true. The case has been open since 2013. Um when the case got reopened, they started investigating named Ashley Fletcher over the case. Okay, she stayed over the case for two months. Two months she stayed over the case. They pulled her off. Nobody's been on the case since until 2017. They put another investigator on it. His name was uh, Investigator Gott. When they put Investigator Gotten over, it was in 2017, I still hadn't got no answers from nobody. They kept telling me, you know, they um, looking for this and they doing this and they doing that. Every time I spoke with them, I had to call them. They never contacted me about anything. I always had to contact them to see if they found out anything, uh, you know, uh, what are they doing with the case. Um, have they questioned anybody that was uh qu- Supposed to be questioned back then, you know that they didn't question, which would have been my sister, their dad, you know, um, the the um the the attendant that worked at the uh, gas station, Miss Gloria. They never spoke to none of these people. They didn't speak to my cousin. They didn't speak to the lady who say she saw them walk past her house. That their name is Agnes Jones. He didn't speak to nobody, you know that. Oh, the person that they actually talked to was the school. And the principal at the school supposedly been told him that he saw my sister and them standing on the corner. And when he called my sister and them name, they took out running from him. Well, that principal is deceased. That principal can't speak for himself. So we don't know if that part is true or not. Only thing we know that it's true, that they're still out there somewhere. 
and we don't know where. We don't know what happened to them. We don't know why they are not trying to help. We don't know why they're taking this long to even do anything. And now that this yeah. documentary came out, it's like he wanted to be in the spotlight and say, oh, okay, he did this and he did that. But in naturality, when he's not in front of no cameras, I'm talking about the sheriff, Richard Roundtree. Mm-hmm. If he's not in front of the cameras, he's telling these other people like the the uh, news reporters and the new the uh, local newspaper we have here, Augusta Chronicle, whenever they question him or asking him anything about my sister and them, he said he don't even want to discuss anything about the Mirabrook twins no more. He been saying this before the documentary even came out. Wow. So when the documentary uh-huh. comes out, you on TV acting like you trying to help or you did this and you did that, but you didn't. You said you didn't want to talk about it no more. He got mad at us because we were trying to get him to help us, you know, boost the reward. I asked him at a meeting that we was at to try to get him to help us, you know, boost the reward. They say they match rewards. Okay, if they match rewards, then we got up the money to get the reward, you know, going. So they should have matched the reward. So it should have been 16000 instead of 8000 because that's how oh, much we had raised 10, at the time. Oh, it's 10000 10, now 000. because right. at the time when we was trying to get him to match it, it was 8000 Okay, after people got whipped of him not wanting to help match it, that's when somebody else donated $2,000 more. Wow. And that's how it when became 10000 That's neat. It was you a listen of some people from that listened to the podcast. Yeah. You also raised an additional $2,500 for a billboard. Ma'am? I'm sorry. I was just saying you also raised an additional $2,500 for a billboard. Right. Yeah, We they, they uh, the podcast um, and the listeners of the podcast, they did all that. They raised the money for the billboard, and they also raised the money um, for the reward just in case, you know, somebody knows some information and the information panned out to be true or whatever, and if we got some resolution from it, then, yeah, you know, the, the reward is there, but we still haven't got no answers from nobody. Yeah, and they finally put your DNA. And I know somebody knows something. It's just not, not possible for two people to be here one day and then up and vanish and nobody see them no more. No, no kind of activity, no nothing, no phone call. My mama never changed her phone number, and it took her a long time to move. Um, she stayed in the same apartment for years until a fire, you know, had broke out, and they had to move her. Oh. So we never changed the phone number for years. I think her phone number just got changed maybe, maybe eight years ago, if that. So it, it, I just want people to know that we ain't just not looking for them. We've been looking for them for 30 years almost. March the 18th is going to come around again, and we still don't know yeah. anything. Yeah, and that'll be 30 years. And your sister, who they went to see, is passed away now. 
Yes, yeah, she passed away on their birthday of 2018 oh. last year. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. Very What's bad. It, it, it was a bad day for us that day because I was getting up that morning to actually celebrate the twins' birthday. I was going to surprise my mom, you know, and do it. And that's what wound up happening. We didn't even get to celebrate it because of that. And we've still been trying to figure out how how that happened, you know. I know we don't never know when we're going to leave here, but it just was a weird thing for us, for her to pass away on their birthday. Wow. So much tragedy. Yeah. Um, they dad, he never wanted to help look for them. So I think he probably had some kind of involvement in it. I'm talking about for years, even when they first went missing. He said he didn't yeah. want my mom to even go out there looking for them. These guys that's in prison, he had involvement with them. He also had involvement with that serial killer guy. Um, His name is Joseph Patrick Washington. I, I know that. I heard him say it out of his own mouth. He said he used to, uh, he know him, that he done rode in the car with him before. So we don't know what really happened to the girls. We don't know if it was, it was him. Yeah, different. We don't know. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's just hard. It's just all these guys that they they mentioned the names that they're talking about. All these people stayed around each other. They stayed on the same street, or they stayed the street over from each other. All of them was entwined with each other. So we don't know who did what. We don't know, you know, where they're at. Yeah. If they are deceased, we don't know where their bodies at. If they, because we don't really know. I would like to know, you know what I'm saying, so we can just get some kind of closure. So we, yeah, I, nope. I, I don't want yeah. them to just tell me. I want them to show me. I got to see something, yeah. some kind of proof to tell me that, yeah, this is them. I don't want nobody because yeah. they also, no, um, the, oh, the police department also know, mm-hmm. they've been knowing about this for years, about a Jane Doe that was found over in Aiken County. Okay. Yes. I called down okay. there back in '96 to see, you know, could they match it up and see if it was my sister and them. Well, they couldn't match it up back then because they hadn't even got DNA from my family until 2013. But once we found out that that Jane Doe still had been identified from '96 all the way up until um, 2013, when they did get um, the uh, DNA from my mom and my sister. At the time, they could have matched it up then, you know what I'm saying? But they didn't. Yes. They told me off the bat, oh, no, that's not now one of them. I said, how would you know if it's not them if y'all never compared the DNA? They told me because of the age of the bones, which I found out that they could always be wrong. Mm-hmm. That's only an estimate. I was going to ask so, you about her. Um, and they didn't put they you in the database till 2017. Right. That's so ridiculous. I just don't understand. No, but I, I don't. I don't know if they're trying to cover it up, or, or 
or they don't want to go ahead and solve it because they don't want people to know that they failed my sister and them, they failed my family. I, I, I just don't know what they are doing or why they won't just try to, to solve it. I know it's 30 years old. I know it's a cold case. But he said he wanted to help my mom and he wanted to treat my sister and them as if they was his family. So if you go treat your family like this, I wouldn't even want to be a part of your family because you're not doing anything. You portray that you are, but he's not. I can promise you that. These reporters don't just be talking. They're not just sympathetic with me and talking to me. They talk to me as if they're my friends, and they tell me exactly what he say. He did not want to even talk about my sister and them anymore. Oh, I know. Until this documentary came out. It was fairly obvious watching the documentary. It was fairly obvious. Even the documentarians were just looking at each other like, okay. Yes, and I'm just trying to do this for my mom. I've been doing this for 20-something years myself. I was 12 years old at the time when they went missing, so I knew these girls. I grew up with them. I was around them all the time. You know, we might have had our bad days. We sisters. We fight. We fuss. We play. But mm-hmm. those are my sisters, and I never, I would never forget them. You know, I, I'm, I just couldn't sit around here and just see my mama hurt and hurt and not try to do nothing. So I thank God put me here to help her. You know, on the yeah. way because I could see how she, you know, how she was. Um, you know, she was, she was so worried and. It just, she worked herself to the point where I think she she didn't give up, but she just was tired. So I said, Mama, you know what? I told her one day, don't worry about it, I got it. I said, somebody bound to listen one day. And this was years ago when I told her this. And then out of the blue, these people called me up on Facebook and asked, can they meet me? This was the Fall Line Podcast. I had already did other podcasts, but when I met them, it's, it's, it's like they just went to finding everything, you know what I'm saying, stuff that we didn't even know was going on. We didn't know nothing about the serial killer, none of that stuff until they came along. It's like God just sent two angels out the blue, and this is how far we gotten so far. So I am grateful for that, but I would like for them you know, I would like for the police department to do their part because these ladies did more than what they done. They, even the um the documentary um people did more than what the police have done. Yeah, and I just well, don't know why. Police go to that brickyard. I don't know. Use ground penetrating radar. Something. Bring they it said they wasn't going out there. They was not going out there unless they had a specific spot to uh, dig. So, they didn't do none of that, but um, it was a lady, my kids um, grew up at this daycare. She happened mm-hmm. to see the documentary. Um, one Sunday, she calls me on the phone on Facebook, and she told me her and her family was out there looking. They sell. So, wow. when she told me that, you know, they wound up finding a shoe out there. They asked me, could I identify the shoe? And I, I couldn't identify it because I don't remember the exact kind of shoes they had on specifically. But I do remember the clothing they had on. I remember their hairdo. 
you know, I just can't remember the shoes. I know they was white. I know Jeanette had a pair of white tennis shoes on. I don't know the brand or none of that stuff there, but I do remember she had on some white stockings, a beige skirt, and a um, turtleneck. I remember how she had a hair, because both of them still had curly kicks at the time. But she had it, like, you know, in a little curly style. Yeah. And matter of fact, the same day, I even asked them to go with them. They wouldn't even let me go. You know, they was like, no, we coming right back. And that was the last words I ever heard from my sister, man. We'll be right back. Yeah. I just I found it extremely frustrating, you know. Yeah. We had no idea that that was going to be our last time seeing them that day. At all. I remember they walked, how they walked, smiled. Jeanette loved cats. She had a cat named Jennifer. She loved that cat. Oh, oh goodness. I, I just can identify don't there. <laughs> I loved my cats, too. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. But, I, you know, my grandma, she wound up passing away, but she always told my mama, don't never give up on your girl. You keep looking. You keep fighting. And that's what we've been doing. We've been trying to do it on our own because yeah. we don't have no help from nobody else. You know, our help just now coming into play. Have they ever compared the DNA? Out there. Have they ever compared the they, DNA to the Aiken County girl? No. No. They said, um, okay, we had a meeting with um, the Aiken Corner before he passed away. He said he was going to take, because he had no idea that my sister and them were missing, see. He said if Richmond County had told him that they was missing, he could have been compared to Jane Doe to their DNA. But by him not knowing, then he couldn't compare nothing. But since we came and met with him, he got. He said he was going to get with Richmond County. He was going to um, take the DNA that he uh, had from that he get from Richmond County, and he was going to take um, the Jane Doe. Uh, bones to Columbia himself. He said he was going to do it himself. Well, we never got any word from that because he passed away. Um, I don't know. They got a new corner now. I haven't spoken with that um, person there, but I have spoken with Investigator Gotten. Gotten was was the one that over that um, my sister named case at the time being. And he was supposed to find out the information. And I kept waiting and kept waiting and kept waiting months and months and months. And finally, I called him. I was like, did you ever get the results? And the first thing he told me, oh, well, they didn't really do the DNA. And he said that um, they knew it wasn't her because my sister Nam um, was missing in 90. And this person supposedly went, went missing um, sometime in between there. But the bone um, was that? a lot older. They don't even know who That's what I want to know. How old would they know that? I don't know. And then the crazy, another crazy uh, thing is they talk about 
okay, the guy saying in prison that this happened to my sister then, where the police department telling me it wasn't my sister then, it happened to it was two other girls. I asked them what was the girl's name, who were they? They told me they couldn't tell me that because it was still ongoing um, case. Well, uh-huh. there's yeah. no there's no other girls that's missing in Augusta, Georgia. Not for that long, anyway. Yeah. Um, so I'm still yeah, trying to figure out who yeah. were they. I wish I could keep talking to you, but unfortunately, we just ran out of time. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much for being You're on the show. I'm sorry for the circumstances. Yes, ma'am. And I will keep getting their pictures out there, their names out there, because sooner or later, if they get bugged enough, the police have to listen, we hope. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your You're weekend. You're welcome. All right, you yeah, too. And give your mom... Our best. I will. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.